Amen and amen. I ask you to turn in your Bibles to Exodus 12, 24 and Matthew 17. We already heard them read earlier in our presence, but this is what God wants the word to be delivered on again on today, so we will listen to it again. Exodus 24, we're going to read verses 12 through 18. When you have it, speak to me, Lord. Exodus, the second book in the Bible. Amen. Exodus is the second book in the Bible. Exodus 24, verse 12 through 18. You have it. Speak to me, Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua his aid, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, wait here for me, until we come back to you. Aaron and Ur are here with you, and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai for six days. The cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud and he went, went on up the mountain. And he stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Matthew 17, verse 1 through 6. Matthew 17, Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. Matthew 17, verse 1 through 6. You have it, speak to me, Lord. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put out three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright, bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell faceward to the ground, terrified. When the disciples heard this, they fell faith, face down to the ground, terrified. 
you have just heard in your hearing two mountaintop experiences. You just heard in your hearing two mountaintop experiences that were separated by a span of 1,600 years. One took place on Mount Sinai. The other is believed to have taken place on Mount Tabor. The men of God that were involved in these two separate uh, 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 mountaintop experiences are different. On Mount Sinai, we have Jesus, I mean Moses. And on Mount Tabor, we have our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, as well as Peter, James, and John. Now, what occurred on these two different experiences that spanned over 1,600 years, what occurred on these two separate experiences are very distinctly different, but there is a cord that binds from the occurrence on Mount Sinai to the occurrence on Mount Tabor that would forever change the human life, human race. On Mount Sinai, Moses had an encounter with God. And I, I've told you this before. We've talked about it before, but it bears repeating. Scripture tells us in verse 12 that God said to him, Moses, I want you to come up to me on the mountain. And I want you to stay there. And I'm going to write on tablets of stone the, the laws, the rules, the regulations that are to govern the people by. Now, I want you to notice that when God told Moses to come up into the mountain, he didn't tell him to come up there and do anything. He said, I want you to come up to the mountain and I want you to be there. I want you to come up to the mountain and I want you to stay there. And Moses did exactly what God told him to do. What God is saying to Moses is, well, we got the title of the sermon. He says, I want you to come up to the mountain and I want you to be available to me. I want you to come up to the mountain so you will be there. At the time that I need you to be there and the time that I choose to give these tablets over to you. So he's saying to Moses, I need your availability. And Moses, I praise God because Moses had such a history and I don't have time to get into all of it because there's so much that God has in this sermon. But Moses had such a history from being raised in the Pharaoh's house with being raised with all kind of riches and go, uh, all this other kind of stuff to killing somebody, murdering someone where he had to go in the wilderness and he lived in the wilderness again for 40 years before God chose to give him the burning bush experience. There's a whole lot of things that are going that had gone on with Moses. And God used Moses to deliver the Hebrew people out of Egypt. So God said to Moses, Moses, come up to the mountain and I want you to be there. That's all I want you to do. Then you notice what it says in verse 15 and 16. It says, when Moses went up to the mountain, you should have paper and pencil and so forth. 
But when Moses went up to the mountain, the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days, pay attention, for six days, the cloud covered the mountain and on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. What happened? Did you get it? Did you know? God called him up to the mountain and he told him to be there. <coughs> Moses was obedient and he went up there. Day one, he's sitting there waiting on God. Nothing but silence. Day two, he's sitting there waiting on God. Nothing but silence. On day three, he's sitting there waiting on God. Nothing but silence. It was the same thing. Thank you, Lord. It was the same thing. For six solid days that he was sitting there waiting to hear from God. And scripture says that on the seventh day, God spoke to him out of the cloud. Now, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I, I know some of you, you study numerology and all the, this other kind of stuff. And you know that the number six is the number of man. And you know the uh, number seven is the number for God, the number of perfection and completion. So it was six days, the, the, the number of man. But on the seventh day, on the day of completion, the day of perfection, God spoke to him out of the cloud. Why did God have Moses sitting there for six days without saying a word? Why did God have Moses? If it had been me, I would have been running around in circles. God, Father, I'm here. I'm here. What do you want me to do? What do you what would you have done? Six days you're sitting on this mountaintop all by yourself. And you hear nothing from God. Would it make you start to think, well, did I hear from God in the first place? When I, I, I came up to this mountain, was I really hearing the voice of God? Haven't you done that? Hasn't that ever happened to you when God has spoken to your heart and he's told you to do X, Y, Z and you prepared yourself to do X, Y, Z and then in the middle of the you doing what God told you to do, God stops talking to you. He stops directing you. And then you, did I hear from God? Or maybe I, I decided to do this on my own. What is God doing to Moses? Why does God have him there for six days not telling him anything? Because God is preparing his spirit, preparing his mind and his heart so that he can hear from God and that he will know that it is God speaking to him. 
It took six days in order for Moses' spirit to become unagitated, un, you know, to be able to sit there in peace. Okay, okay, Lord, the first day, kind of anxious. The second day, he's kind of anxious. The third, but as the time went so, goes on, then God allows his spirit to start calming him down so that when God speaks to him, God, he can hear what God has to say to him. Because my brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you know it or not, when your spirit is troubled, when your spirit is anxious, when your spirit is agitated, it is hard for you to hear God directing you. Amen. When your spirit is agitated, when your spirit is anxious, when your spirit is troubled, it is hard for you to get your marching orders because you can't hear what God is saying. So God calls to Moses. Moses gets up and he enters into the cloud. And scripture says that Moses was on that mountaintop with God for 40 days and 40 nights. How I would love to know Everything they talked about. I know some of the things that we'll get into it in the, the in the session because God is is probably, you know, explaining some of the Ten Commandments and He's explaining what He wants God Moses to do. But 40 days and 40 nights to be sitting nowhere but in the presence of Almighty God. Can you imagine the Shekinah glory of God to be all around you for four? God has a thing about the number 40. He's got a thing about the number 40. You research it sometime on your own. So at any rate, Moses goes up into the mountain and he's there with God for 40 days and 40 nights. Now get in your space vessel and travel 1,600 years. And come to Mount Tabor, and there you'll see Jesus. And watch this thread that God is going to weave. God had told uh, Moses, thank you, Jesus. Jesus had told his disciples, Peter and James and John, he said, come, let's go up into the mountain to pray. We, we need some alone time. You know, I've been busy working and you've been busy helping and all. We need some alone time with the Father. Let's just, let's go up into the mountain by ourselves. And if there's anything that should drop in your spirit right there, is that everybody in here at some time or another, you need to have some alone time with God. Amen. Everybody in here, sometime or another, God is calling you. He is saying to you, I need you to separate yourself and come apart and just spend some time with me. Peter and James and John have the privilege of being part of the inner circle and they, they go up into the mountain with Jesus. And while Jesus, while they are there, all of a sudden, God does a Moses thing. All of a sudden, it seems like God is reenacting in some ways the same thing that he did with Moses. 
Because it tells you in, in the book of Exodus that when the glory of God came around Moses and the cloud and so forth, the people, the Israelites, it looked to them like a giant flame of fire had covered the mountain. So the glory of God was all over that mountain and was all over Moses. Now we see the Shekinah glory of God all over our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And scripture says his face started shining as brightly as the sun. His face started shining as brightly as the sun. And scripture says that his clothes were as white as light. Now, I don't even know how white that is because I, I, I can't see light. You, you understand what I'm saying? But his clothes were shimmering, they were radiant. Okay, this is what is appearing right now on Mount Tabor. And scripture says that all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah are there with Jesus talking to him. Now this is the thread. We're getting ready to hook that thread from Mount Sinai to Mount Tabor. We got Moses and we got Elijah standing there talking to Jesus. Now, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you just to think about that for a moment. And why Moses and Elijah? Tia may know, Terry may know, because I know they're grounded in the word. Kim may know, because I know, and some of you all in here may know, but six days prior to this, Jesus had told, said to the disciples, who do men say that I am? Six days prior to the transfiguration, Jesus had said to the disciples, who do people say that I am? And some of the disciples spoke up and said, well, some say you're Moses, and some say you're Elijah, and some say you're that prophet. So God said, what I'm doing now, Peter, when you spoke up then, you said you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And God said, I am substantiating now what you said six days ago. I can't be Moses because Moses is here. I can't be Elijah because he's standing here right here. But I am the son of the very living God. Look at the thread. Look at the thread that God is connecting from 1,600 years till now. And let me just say that whatever God has planned, God is going to bring about. I need you to know that because time means nothing to God. And I need you to understand that. I need you to understand that when God told Moses to be there and be available to him, it's the same thing he's saying to you this morning. I need you to be available to me as well. I need you to be, I need your hands, your ears, your eyes. I need you to be available. So at any rate, Jesus transforms. And the question that should come to your mind, because you know it came to mind, and I figured that if it came to mind, it should come to yours. Why Moses and Elijah? Why were those two? Because they, you know, as far as we're concerned, they've been dead. 
But honey, you need to know, you see they ain't dead. That's why you, one thing you need to know about your loved ones. They're not dead. 1,600 years, they still alive and well. Okay? And why Moses and Elijah? Because God gave Moses the law. God gave, what was Moses and Elijah and Jesus talking? God gave Moses the law. God had told Moses that this, these were the rules and the regulations that the people were supposed to live by. And God, I'm sure as they were standing there talking or whatever, that, that uh, Moses reiterated the fact of how many times they had broken that law. How many times they tried to live in obedience to the law, but all the law did was continue to show them how sinful they were. I imagine them talking about the law and talking about the same like the law had failed. That the law was designed to make people fail. But God said, no, the law was not designed to make you fail. The law was designed to show you how sinful you are and the fact that you needed a savior. The law was designed to show humankind how sinful we are and the fact that we need a Savior, that if we didn't have a Savior, we would still be lost because the law was never able to do away with our sin. Moses is there because he represented the law. Do you understand? Amen. Amen. Oh, God. Elijah was there. Elijah is called by some the prophet that is the restorer of the breach. You know, a breach is a break. So Elijah, by some of the Bible commentaries, say that he was the restorer, prophet that was the restorer of the break, break, breach. Okay, showing people how God was going to reunite them once again after their relationship or our relationship had been broken by sin. Well, they say that Elijah was there because he was the restorer of the breach and that Jesus in actuality is the one who restores that break. That break, that separate, that Jesus is the one that actually restored that break. But you know what? With me, I, I see Elijah being there, not just being the restorer of the breach, but I see him being there because he was a prophet that spoke about all the times that the, the uh, Messiah was going to come. And he represented all the other prophets that talked about when the Messiah would come and so on and so forth. So when he was there to uh, be able to say that Jesus had fulfilled every one of the prophecies that talked about the Messiah in his life. Moses and Elijah, they were there because that thread from Mount Sinai to Mount Tabor had to be complete. Moses was the giver of the, of the law because God gave it to him to give. But Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. Amen. Moses was the giver of the law. That should have put a shout in somebody's mouth. The fact that uh, 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 Moses may have gave the law, but Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. He said, I didn't come to abolish it, but to fulfill it so that you can have eternal life. Amen. Amen. That's 
Oh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know if this excites you, but I, I know one thing, it excites me. Amen. Okay, you say, Pastor, what else do you think? Mm, this this blows me, my mind. What else do you think Moses and, and Elijah and Jesus talked about? Turn to Luke, the ninth chapter, verse 30 to 31. And if this doesn't blow your mind, I'm not quite sure what will. Luke 9, verse 30 to 31. Oh, hallelujah. Two mountaintop experiences. Two mountaintop experiences that spanned 1,600 years. A different dispensation, a different millennial, different centuries, but God's plan was still going to be worked out. Amen. Luke 9, 30, 31, you got it? Let, let, let's read this together. You ready? Two men... Moses and Elijah appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. What did they speak about? What was his departure? His death. His death. They were... God, but you notice what? I love it. I love it. I love it. I know I'm crazy, but I love it because God didn't even call it his death at that point. He just said he's going to depart for a little while. He, he got a job to do. He got some work to do. When he hangs on that cross, that's not going to be the end of it. He got to descend into hell to pay the penalty for your sin. They discussed his departure that he was going to fulfill at Jerusalem. Amen. They talked about his death and his burial and what was going to take place. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. That blows my mind. God says he brought Moses and Elijah back to show that the promises that he had made with Moses was fulfilled in our Lord and Savior, Jesus. I love it when you can go in scripture and see it just tied together like that. Just see it tied together. But that, that's not all, okay? Let's see. What did, what, did the, what did the Peter, James, and John do? Okay? Now, we done seen Jesus stand here talking to, to uh, Elijah and Moses. What did Peter, James, and John? Let's look at verse 4. Ver oh, back, yeah, back to where we were originally. Um, where am I? Matthew 17. Matthew 17, verse 4. Back to Matthew 17, verse 4. I'm all, almost finished. I'll let you go home. But this, this excites me, which I guess you can tell. I'd love to see God's word fulfilled. You know, to see his word fulfilled. Luke, I'm not Luke. Matthew 17, verse 4. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, don't you love Peter? When all the rest of the disciples don't know what to say, they don't know what to do, but Peter going to come up with something. 
Peter is always going to come out with, he, oh, well, Lord, this is so wonderful. Let me build three tap. What is Peter trying to do? Well, if this was Bible study, I'd give you the answer. I mean, I'd let you answer. But what is P Peter doing? When he says, let me build three shelters, he's saying, let me set up some kind of a shelter, some kind of tent, some kind of tabernacle so we can stay here for a while. It's so good, I don't want to leave. It's so good, I want to just stay here and revel in what's going to Haven't you ever done that? You've been to an a, a occasion or you did something and it was so good or you even went to church and it was so good you really didn't even want to go home. Ha haven't you ever experienced something that was so good that you just wanted to stay there? Well, that's what Peter is saying. Peter is saying, I want to stay here. I, 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 let's just forget about what's going on at the bottom of the mountain. And God says, wait a minute, Peter. This is my son. What you got to do is you got to listen to him. He's saying to you, you cannot live in your mountaintop experiences. God gives us mountaintop experiences to bless us. He gives us mountaintop experiences so that when we go through hard times, we can remember back to better times. He gives us mountaintop experiences so that when we're going through hard times, we can remember how God did this, uh, brought us out and did something for us before. But you cannot live on the mountaintop. Think about it in the physical realm. I'm almost finished. In the physical realm, it is very difficult. Now, today it might be a little bit easier, but it's di very difficult to live on the mountaintop because the air is so thin that it's hard to breathe. Okay? In the physical world, it's hard to live on the mountaintop because even though the scenery is beautiful, it's very hard to navigate. So you can't really live comfortably on the mountaintop. So God says you got to leave the mountaintop and you got to come back into the real world and make yourself available to me and do what Jesus tells you to do. Jesus made himself available to the Father. He made himself available. He stood there and talked to Moses and Elijah about his impending death. Death on the cross. He wasn't talking about his impending vacation. He wasn't talking about his impending making this amount of money or that. He was talking about his impending death. How could he do that? Because he made himself available to the Father. God says to us, we have to make ourselves available to him as well. And uh, there's one last point. I, saw, I just looked down and saw it. God said, the reason that you can't live on your mountaintop experiences is that you cannot live in your past glory. Amen you can't live in your past glory. When you were beautiful, now you're not that you're still not beautiful, but when we were slim and you were a model and you were doing this and you were playing, you can't live, playing tennis, you can't live in your past glory. Because if you stay in your past glory, you can't do what God is calling for you to do now. Amen. 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 Am
You can't do what God is calling you to do now. Amen. You got to move on. You got to step uh, step on. Okay. And let me tell you this one thing. There's so much that I didn't know. At any rate, God said, not only did Peter want to kind of stay in the moment for things to remain the same and the, with the glory of God. He said, you know, Moses did that too. He said, you remember when Moses, this is for y'all who've been in the word. Remember when Moses came down from the mountain and scripture said his face shone so bright, sort of like Jesus' face did the sun, that the people couldn't stand to look at him because it hurt their eyes and he had to wear a veil. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, do you remember it? Scripture says when the uh, uh, brightness started to fade after a couple of days, couple of weeks, he continued to wear the veil. He continued to wear the veil because he didn't want people to think lesser of him. That, you know, I was with God, the glory, uh, the glory of God was all over me. Now the glory is fading. They might think, look. Isn't that what we do? We want to be in our past glory because we're afraid people are going to look. Uh, 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 thank you, Jesus. People are going to consider us less. They're going to see us less. That's what pe some people are going through now. This is where I used to be. I, I used to be doing this and I used to be, but I'm not now. And if people know my struggle, they're going to think less of me. I said, no. Make yourself available to him. Scripture says that God sent the cloud. And when Peter and John looked, and Peter, James, and John looked again, all they saw was Jesus. And that's what God wants from you. That your focus will be on Jesus. As you make yourself available to him, you'll listen to what he has to say, you'll listen and you'll keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Two mountaintop experiences, but a thread that could not be broken because God said, I'm going to accomplish what I intend to accomplish. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Mm. God is just amazing. Y'all just don't know, you don't know. Father God, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love your word so much. Your word is so powerful. And when we dig into it, Lord, we can just get so much insight. And I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your teaching. I thank you, Lord, for choosing to use somebody like me. I just thank you, Lord, and I ask that the word that went forth and those that will listen to it later, that it will shape and govern their lives, yeah. shaping them into the people you've called them to be, drawing them ever closer to you. We love you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says amen. amen. Invitational hymn.